Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hi, everybody. It's Sam with two live show announcements. The first one is that my dear and loving co-host George Severus is workshopping his new hour of stand-up in Los Angeles on November 29th at the Elysian Theater. Uh, he has special guests Jamie Loftus and Nori Reed, and tickets are available on the Elysian website. I mean, that's going to be a damn good show if you ask me. So get tickets to that. And the second one is that, you know, uh, real fans know I was in the hospital and had to reschedule my Chicago club comic, um, but it has a new date and that is December 7th, still at the color club and still with Parker Callahan opening. So I'm actually not sick anymore. And in fact, I'm stronger than I've ever been. And um, in fact, um, it's scary how many things I'm breaking in my home due to my newfound strength. So, um, tickets are available for that in my bio and on the Color Club website. And so if you're in LA at the end of November, go see George. And if you're in Chicago on December 7th, come see me. And with that being said, uh, enjoy the episode, sweethearts. XOXO, Sam. podcast starts now what is up everyone around the world and good morning even and the power dynamics have already been set because <laughs> right before we started recording i don't even know if our guests heard this sam said we were about to start recording and he goes okay we're ready we're not gonna tap the table let's go <laughs> because i tapped the table last time and you used the kindergarten teacher we to refer to me in a sort of condescending way. No, no, no. It was rather inclusive. Than say, it was not inclusive. <laughs> I cannot. I've never been spoken to in that tone in my life. Oh, so you didn't even go to kindergarten. Oh, no, I actually skipped it. I was. I took the SATs early when I was six and skipped kindergarten. Um, You know, it's just I know this episode because we're banking episodes will come out way, way, way after the fact. Sure. But people have been furious about the tapping on the table. Who has been furious about it? <laughs> I mean, many of our top tier listeners. Oh, oh, the VIPs. The VIPs are in the VIP section about to riot. 
because of the tapping on the I table. I somehow, you keep saying this, I have not seen it. Well, I wish I were as ignorant as you. <laughs> I wish I could be blissful in this way. Listen, I don't really like to interact with our audience. I like to think of myself as sort of like Liza, and then they're blurry in the crowd. I can barely, I don't respect them as people. Sure. I think they are of a lower social status of course. than I am, even though... Sort of on paper, they probably make more money than me. Well, you didn't. Honest. You didn't mention class. Just <laughs> no, social no, no, status. no, no, no. Social status, and actually, we need to bring back social status detached from class. Of because course. Because in this day and age, I was about to tap the table. <laughs> in this day and age, the billionaire class is is dictating the rules of culture. When we have oh, tech CEOs greenlighting television series, anyone, anyone can pay. It's a pay to play world, mama. And I think we need to go back to poor people having influence. Of course. Socially. And I think we are pushing that uh, agenda forward. Exactly, and that's why I am writing Rent, the musical. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Congrats on that, by the way. Um, (laughs) So um, we're recording in the morning. Okay, and now I have to say that you know, I deserved your condescension because I did that to you last night. And you were actually doing that to me hard. Last I was night. doing it to you hard last night because I was like, I'm so excited for our guest tomorrow morning. I, it's you know, it's gonna be a great episode. And you were like, Yeah, but it's so early. And I, my instinct was truly, I was like, Sam, it's 10 a.m. It is a normal time to do something. Please put on your big boy panties and get out of bed and get to Midtown. ASAP. I found that to be so toxic. And I knew and you did, but then we never addressed it. <laughs> because it was like, okay, so our whole thing is complaining, and then suddenly you're like, I don't want to complain anymore. <laughs> suddenly you're like, actually, I'm a good guy. And I was like, yeah. this is crazy. We have built a years-long totally, relationship totally. on sort of complaining about the little things. Well, I do think when you complain about something... It- it's actually so rare that we have differences that it's like the narcissism of small differences. Mm-hmm. Um, a phrase I learned when I skipped kindergarten. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it, it's like because we are so similar in most ways, when we have a difference, to me, it's like dramatic. Where I'm like, well, Sam is so weird because <laughs> he's wearing a white shirt and I'm wearing a blue shirt. Well, especially with this thing, because you were like, suddenly I was like, no, 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 it's not that I won't. You were like, you get up at eight all the time. And I was like, of course, that's not what I'm saying. Right, that's that, not well, what I can't. Yeah, it's because <laughs> you were speaking, you were speaking as though you're someone who like gets up at 1 p.m. every day. I'm like, I get texts from you at 8 a.m. Like you are a businessman. You are collecting returns on your investments <laughs> first thing in the morning. <laughs> Of course, but so having a, a light conversation. I see. Well, yeah. I mean, that's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's more difficult. Yeah, I guess you're right. See, I mean, this is our difference. Where like I feel that way when it's in the when it's like six p.m. Where I'm like, well, I might as well be asleep. Sure. The morning, I'm like, well, I have my coffee. It hasn't dawned on me that, um, like the the sort of daily. Uh, I was about to say sadness, but that's not it. I'm actually a very happy person and really joyous. <laughs> Toxic. But like the daily anxieties don't have not set in and don't set in until lunch. Okay, but if the daily anxieties have not set in, what do you have to talk about? I see what you're saying. That's where my personality comes from. <laughs> and that it's a double bind for sure. Because this is my impression of the morning. Okay. It's sort of like, so how'd you sleep? <laughs> Well, morning is post-coital. Actually, anyone you talk to in the morning, whether it's in the subway, whether it's the person you're ordering your coffee from, you're having a post-coital conversation. It's post-coital in a way that's also like, so when are we going to separate and go do our things for the day? Yes, 100%. Like right now, it's like, like I can't be like, so what'd you do today? Because it's like, well, I commuted. And it's like, oh, well, how was the commute? True. And it's like, good. Well, you know, it's the difference between daytime TV and, and and a late night talk show. Mm. And I won't explain. Be ex- no, no, please. I'm begging you. No, I refuse. And if you and if you need more, then you need to read a book for once. 
Um, <laughs> wow. You know, I actually had a topic I want to talk about, but I think at this point it's not Try it, anymore. try it. Well, I've just been sort of like, <sighs> this is so, you know, trend culture in a way that I don't like when we address, because I'm like, we're not like other gay guys. Well, not like, to mention we're banking episodes. Well, we're banking episodes. No, no, months. but it's not that kind of trend. <laughs> okay. It's like when people say that, I'm doing air quotes for everyone listening, when people say that Gen Z, like, is prude, or like doesn't like sex, I'm like, shut up. Let them grow up. And then we'll decide if they like sex or not. No, I know what you mean. I, it's there's a a desperation to put a stamp exactly. on a, a generation. It's like so what? So what are you about? Yeah, and it's like okay, well you're 18, you have yeah. no idea what's going on, so you're sex negative. Yeah, and by the way, I lived in San Francisco when I was young. I went to Folsom. I was like taken aback by it. If I were to go now, I'd be having the time of my life. That's called growing up. Right. I mean, literally. Yeah, I'm like rewriting history and being like, I was always such a huge slut. And it's like, no, I wasn't a huge slut till I was like 23. <laughs> okay, late bloomer alert. <laughs> and even then, it was a rolling admission, you mm-hmm. know? It was, yeah, there's a different, there's different kinds of slut. Um, but I, I, it does get complicated because everyone's on the internet. Yeah. I think before when you would, if you went to Folsom when you were, 19 and you were scandalized mm-hmm. you know you wouldn't I hadn't have, seen I, had, I didn't know I was gay <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have run to Twitter and posted about it and started a campaign well but this is the thing is like and this is the thing with the internet is that we judge entire groups of people based on the people that post and actually what we the only real binary in this world is people who post and people who don't yeah and the people who post are clinically insane of and course need to be sent to American Horror Story Asylum <laughs> and the people who don't post are normal and and a diverse group of Americans a hundred percent I mean I actually find there's certain people in my life that post but they also do this thing where they find the one really negative person posting and are like I can't believe I'm seeing people posting this and it's like you're seeing one person that person is not a, a movement yes and by the way the implication there is like look how stupid everyone else is guess who's stupid you for thinking that's universal a hundred percent and also just like finding trying to find an outlet for your mental illness essentially yeah <laughs> yeah and when we say mental illness we mean it as a stigma. Of course. Please stigmatize it. <laughs> stigmatize it. <laughs> now more than ever. Now more than ever. Oh my God, did you see someone called us out for saying now more than ever is future oriented and not past oriented? Uh, I mean, wait, should we bring in our guest? Yeah, we okay, should. Okay, so this guest, I mean, talk about a guest that to me, I'm like, I'm like, talk, we've overused mother, but I'm like, <laughs> this, this woman. <laughs> Gave birth to me in a hospital, and of it was course. not an easy birth. This woman gave birth to the concept of giving birth. It's actually like, and it's I actually feel condescending and insulting even saying it in those terms, because I'm like, well, this isn't just some random person that gave birth. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so please welcome Drew Drogi. Hi, y'all. How's it going? Good. Drew, we need oh. you to actually shepherd us into this conversation we're about to I, have. I mean, I'm li- I've been trying to. I'm just literally biting my lip and literally I've been like gasping and nodding and <laughs> ah, like wanting to include myself in the conversation since it started. So initial thoughts. Do you think Gen Z is prude? No, I totally agree with you. I feel like um, they are, you grow, as you, you, you get piggier when you get older. Like you just, <laughs> I'm a bigger slut in my 40s than I 100%. was in my 20s for sure. Like yeah. easy. And I think it's also like, you know, you you also make these weird rules about what you who you are, what you will do, what you want to, or I did. I mean, I had all these weird tent poles in my twenties that I don't have anymore about things. And yeah. now I just I care less 
about my body <laughs> or like what I, you know what, so what you look big. like and yeah. now you're like and what and like and the bodies that I'm into and the sex that I'm into and I think that just comes with maturity mm-hmm. and just with going oh this is cool this is fine like everything needs to be about moments and curating and and being like I can't live outside of this thing but you're right we also want to make generations we also want to it's also to me so boring to be like this gener oh these kids are like blah 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 I'm learning so much from young people like, oh, and I and I learned from people geniuses. older than me and, and yeah. old people I mean I I want to constantly look ahead and behind and sort of be like we have a lot to learn from each other versus that like oh this is what this group is like totally. and that's what this group is like that's kind of what's gotten us into trouble as a world <laughs> it's yeah. like you're other than me and, <laughs> well, I, exactly. and it's so dumb and it's like especially as queer people and you know I think uh, you know in terms of non-binary it's like if we if we don't think in terms of the binary I love that people who post and people who don't post, sure, but like, <laughs> but well, it's this truly, podcast like, is about binaries. What'd you say? This podcast is about binaries. I love well, it. We like to, <laughs> we, very much we am destroy, purple or not green. Yeah, we destroy <laughs> existing toxic ones, then we create new ones that are generative. I love it. Still I toxic. Yeah. Still, still yes, toxic. Sure. Of course. Wait, but of course. I, you said something that is, I think is so <clears throat> smart, and I actually think points to a real gay v queer v straight thing, which is straight people consider their youth to be their sexually adventurous time queer people get more sexually adventurous as they age and I actually think that the tension there is a lot of where the misunderstanding about Gen Z maybe comes from because as you also mentioned off mic Gen Z is more openly queer and yes and and experimenting more so I think it all sort of tracks that maybe they're evolving as they go I think that makes a lot of sense yeah well I'm sorry no you go for it I was gonna say like also we're learning that your sexuality and the sex that you have are, are different. So like your sexual identity. So you can be eight years old and say, I'm gay and then, and have no idea what that yeah. means in terms of the actual, se- you're not having sex, you know, totally. like you're, you know, but you understand what it means. It's like, I like Barbie more than, you know, Oppenheimer or whatever. <laughs> but like, it's, it's like, uh, which is not my situation. That's a new binary. But, uh, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like you, you know what you like. I mean, I knew things about being gay way before I knew sexual things and then I knew what I was and then I knew what I was attracted to way before I was actually doing it and then their thing you know so that's the thing that I think is maybe confusing they were having kids coming out much younger but then when it comes to the actual acts of things you know Mm -hmm. when they are you know 17 18 years old they might still be virgins but that doesn't mean that they haven't had like an understanding of their sexuality way longer than that that's a good point well it's also like identity versus action yes like I think there is much more emphasis on almost like an anxiety around like what is my identity as a young person it's the only power you have it's the only power you have and maybe that's at the expense of action where you're like i forgot to have sex because i was focused on being gay maybe <laughs> maybe so i mean i feel that way like, i definitely was that way i was like i was all about like i was reading books about being gay i was Wait, I, totally. I don't need to do it <laughs> yeah. what do you mean i have actually kiss a boy to be gay? like oh ew, what i mean i think also you know yeah we 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 think about I don't know we we uh, I don't know where I'm going with this but we we have these like thoughts and feelings that are different from what we're actually doing I don't know yeah well it's also um, on the internet for instance you are surrounded by other people's voices so much that you actually forget to you can't know what your own voice is thinking outside of the context of the cacophony of the other voices yes I do think okay in the context of um, 
Gen Z being like knowing identity before action, there is something where like the Tumblrfication of the mm. world, there's a lot more like reading to do. There's a lot more thinking that you can have and a lot more reflecting you can do on your identity that yeah. before there's action. Like before, if it was like, okay, I like reading about gay or like watching movies about gay, it's like, okay, well, here's the eight you can consume. Right, right. right. It's <laughs> eating out yes. series. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Nothing exactly. else, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Part four is the best one. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's no right. Yes. No oh my gosh. I forgot. I forgot. Oh, mother mother is mothering. Mother is mothering was an eating out for oh, drama camp. My God, of course. That's, I <laughs> completely forgot. That is so iconic. Uh, that was actually that. Yeah, I, I'm very proud of being in those movies. It was a very fun moment getting to do. That. I mean, talk about gay culture. I mean, fully. You truly, all have that forever. That yes. is amazing. Yeah. It was wow. really a very, very cool thing. I mean, Stonewall found dead in a ditch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, People didn't die at Stonewall, but they did die filming um, Eating Out for They did die. They did. We were shooting at a uh, at a Jewish day camp in Malibu, and I had to do a sex scene in a rabbi's office, and a rabbi was walking by thinking that we were shooting porn, and we got shut down for a week. And we had to explain, no, this is just a really raunchy but kind yeah. of R-ish uh, I don't know you're yeah. like well yeah. with the tumblification of the world <laughs> yeah, exactly um... <laughs> yeah, by what you don't understand no uh, yeah so yeah that was wow yeah yeah, yeah. no the, also the evolution thing is true like I think what you're saying about like getting more open as you get older is really uh, apt because I do think I hope like, so I, like I, I want to get yeah. more open not just sexually but with Generally. everything I do see like I've had this thing lately where it's like you know um I'm, and we'll talk about this later, but I'm in a, I'm in a show right now, and I'm I, I'm 46, and I'm the oldest person in the cast, and I kind of love it. I love Mother, and they literally call me Mima <laughs> there, and I'm like, I love it, and it's hilarious to me. But but as you get older, you're like, there's there there are paths that you you can either you can either be John Waters, uh, Grace Jones, uh, Debbie Harry, and mm-hmm. be punk rock yes. and cool yes. day one till day. 9,000, like, you know, whatever. <laughs> days, I, don't know I was going to say 100. Alive. I don't know. Day 100. I don't know. But like, those people have stayed in their truth and they have just stayed so cool yeah. and so great. And then they're the people like, I'll say it, Martin Scorsese and, and Steven Sondheim, who insanely talented people who have so disappointed me in their later, in their, in their, really? in, in their ancient, in, in their final works. Yeah. Oh. I find them, I find them to be like, Oh, I mean, I just saw the Scorsese movie, and I you probably haven't seen. We it. haven't it's seen it yet. No. It just went out. It is the most upsetting ending because it's like old straight man. You have centered yourself in this story, like in the most obvious way wow. that you could possibly do, and it's like you made Goodfellas, you made King of Comedy, which is one of the greatest movies ever made. Like you, it's not like you're not good. You just have you are you have decided not to grow with where we are. Wow, in interesting. World. And that's all I will say because I don't want to. And you I mean, feel that way about Sondheim as well. I do. His latest, his latest show. There's he refuses to represent queer people in his shows. Well, that's even when he yeah. is doing it. I'm sorry, I would fight him about yeah. company. Company is about a gay man, and he even said it's not about a gay man. Well, sometimes writers are wrong about their own work. <laughs> well, I I've think... been wrong about things I've written, and I've had people totally. tell me it is, and it's about him, and it's a generation of gay men mm-hmm. like Everett Alby and um, Tennessee Williams. Brilliant! My, all of our heroes who refused to represent queer people on stage—they were off stage getting eaten by cannibals, yeah. or they looked like Marlon Brando. They were these brooding people, and in Sondheim's new musical, 
He has a queer character who gets changed by a man. It's a it's a oh, queer wow. non-binary female. You know, I I think it's a a lesbian character. They don't really they don't really call it out, and then they get you know turned by a man. So, and I think it's kind of a, it's the joke in that like oh this kid thinks that she's really like liberal but she's kind of a brat yeah but it's like boo boo (laughs) when you're that old like that's not the comment you need to make about young people like they're all phony and they actually aren't really queer they're actually lying Mm -hmm. that's gross we've done that we've been there as a queer person i was offended and sondheim wrote my favorite i mean sunday the park of george is my favorite musical of all time so it's not like i'm not a fan i'm a huge fan it's just that i watch it and i go ouch and i hate that see to me with something like company i'm like his own whatever you want to call it self-loathing or or a refusal to like think of queerness as a valid thing that a character can be or whatever. Right. It's almost like a metatextual part of the experience of watching company. Sure. You know what yeah, I mean? I mean, yeah. that's a very generous reading. Yeah. Because obviously you are right on some level, but there's something about it where you're like, it almost makes it more interesting to me to see this character written by a gay man who right. doesn't want to make him a gay man. Right. It's almost like watching Frasier where you're like, this is about gay men. Sure. We were F- talking fully. about this last yes, night. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Where it's almost like, I mean, this is a classic queer thing of like, you know, like interpreting something as queer that's not meant to right. be queer right, or whatever. Right, right, right. Yeah. And sometimes that feels more, I don't know, generative or something. Well, and I, I think it's very interesting dramatically to watch a character go through that or not, or like refuse to deal, because we all have gone through that. We all have been the things of like, I'm not. I, I wasn't anything. I was yeah. just asexual for so long until I came out. And I was like, I, I can't. I have rehearsal. Like, that was my sexual. <laughs> so I, I find that those characters very interesting. Totally. But we put, we put these, we write these amazing female characters because we're yeah. scared of writing men that have vulnerability and queerness in them. And we make, so we create Blanche Dubois or we create Samantha on mm-hmm. Sex and the City. We create these over-the-top characters because we're more comfortable writing women, and thank God we might we I love these women characters, and I love when I sometimes get to play women. I love playing women, and I love that we get to sort of play between gender. But it's it, there's something about like uh, I just hope that the next generation and they are they're writing gay men that are complicated, that are messy, that are not like heroes and perfect. And I don't want to see another like coming out thing but yeah, I feel like yeah, it's yeah. just interesting that we don't we don't always we don't always deal with that head on and it's it's fascinating to me well now's a good time to say um, last night we saw Titanic and you were so incredible uh, I mean you. talk about <laughs> just like a pure I said finally some food <laughs> <laughs> and every time you were on stage I was like Smiling ear to ear. Oh, like, I was truly like in heaven on Molly in Co- at Coachella. Oh my god! <laughs> I also love watching you in the group like scenes and just being like, "What is he up to out there?" And it was what so is he fun. Up to out there? <laughs> I'm having so much fun. It's the, a musical which I do not sing or dance, and so it is so scary going out every night. <laughs> slash, so much fun. But I play the one character that just gets to scream, and and it's why you can hear it in my voice because it's so much screaming that I get to do. But yes, it's a should we talk? It's a musical it's a, yes. parody of Titanic with the music of Celine Dion. Mm-hmm. And, it, and Celine Dion is our narrator through the show. So the brilliant Jackie Burns plays Celine Dion and just sort of basically tells you her version of Titanic. And um, and you yeah. play the mother. And I'm the mother. I'm the Francis Fisher character. The Francis character, Fisher character. Ruth, who's uh, the Kate Winslet's mother. Yes. I mean, something that always gets me is like a character that's supposed to be like sort of, you know, you're supposed to be 
passive aggressive. Like that character is not supposed to be. But then you are like, shut the fuck up. Oh, oh, like, <laughs> absolutely. That, that, I mean, that is so fun. Or like yeah, you literally yeah, call yeah. your daughter the C word. Oh, I sure do. Every night I get to call her that. Um, I know that's what, the, what I love about parody. And it's something that uh, the brilliant Jackie Beat said, because we, we do a Golden Girls parody together in LA. And Jackie said with parody, you have to give people what they think they remember. Which I think is so great because it's like, yeah. you know, I, I watched the movie Titanic before I came here to do the show. And I, of course, had seen the movie at least twice. I don't know. It's very long. It's really uh, not long. as long as the new Scorsese movie, but uh, <laughs> it's long. And Frances Fisher is great, but she's in a film and she barely does anything. She barely talks <laughs> over a whisper. She's just very cold and stoic and kind of comes on and kind of gives side eye. And... It just doesn't really play. You have to kind of go, okay, I remember her being evil and awful and cartoonishly good. And so also when you put me in it and I have a hat that's just two birds kissing on top of my head, I can't just go out there and be like, "Mm, mm," and leave. It's like, why am I here? Other than to just (laughs) cause major chaos. And, and, but everyone is heightened. I mean, everyone is just, you know, um, you know, playing it at that level. I mean, Billy Zane in the movie fully understands the assignment. I mean, he's oh, yeah. about leaning camp. into yeah. the camp of it all. And yeah. I think we're all kind of doing the Billy Zane yeah. lens, you know, in the show. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, that's what we were both saying afterwards. We are like, it felt really Billy Zane lens. <laughs> Did he write this? Did he write and direct this I'm production? feeling him throughout the text. So this is amazing. <laughs> I, did the, I did a Funny or Die video with Billy Zane many years ago, and he came in the door and then and he had he was in this trench coat looking amazing he had all these bags with him like and he had just come from the airport and I was just trying to make small talk and you're like what are you gonna say and I remember saying like I was like oh did you just you know just come from the airport and he's like yes and I said where have you come from and he goes Bangkok <laughs> and I'm like of course you've just come from Bangkok you're Billy Zane he's like, always just coming he's from always Bangkok. just arrived from Bangkok like looking fabulous in like a sable coat yeah and, he's like looking fabulous riding from Bangkok but also at the Funny or Die office so <laughs> 100% that you is know, very 100%. 100% no there was something about the Funny or Die offices though there was like an era where they had pull like oh, no one else oh everybody wanted to do a Funny or Die video it was actually wild remember yes. I mean Marion Cotillard did one yes. I mean Mariah the, Carey did Mariah one Mariah Carey did yes. one it was sort of like how are they getting yes. this um, I level. actually think Funny or Die's success. Well, that's the, Brian Safi. That's the brilliance of Brian Safi, who just yes. would just, yes. Anyway, yeah. But I think the success of a Funny or Die during the exact moment we were coming up made us have like warped expectations <laughs> for comedy success. Like, 100%. We were like, do you know what I mean? I was like, oh, so so literally comedy is, is like what rock and roll was in the 70s. And we are the new generation. <laughs> sure, sure. And then like, like, let's all join it at the yeah, same time. Yeah, exactly. Well, I remember yeah. it's like in the 90s when we all started collecting comic books because we were like, yeah. oh, these are going to be worth so much. And yeah. they're like, nope, they're not worth anything 30 some years later. Yeah, we're sort of know? the Princess Diana Beanie Baby comedians. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Bubble burst. The bubble yeah, burst. And continues to over and over. And all you can hope for is a Netflix documentary. <laughs> Which, here's $6 I'll coming your way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We are both dealing with such different issues in our day-to-day lives. You have a full-time job in Los Angeles. You've had to uproot your home. You've had to, you have to figure out work-life balance. Meanwhile, I am a freelancer in New York City. How do I fit it all in one day? How do I create my own schedule? What am I, some boss lady in a film? You know, it's so hard. You have to be boss and employee. But you know what? We can't keep these things bottled up. You know, we need to let them out. That's right. People all carry around different stressors, both big and small. And when you bottle them up, it can start to affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I'll tell you something. Therapy in the past for me has been just a place where once a week I can tell someone what I'm thinking of in a safe and enclosed space where no one can enter and ask me to send an email because it is my time and it is my time for therapy. And everyone deserves that in all across this great nation. Yeah. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and hey, suited for your schedule. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Stradio today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Stradio. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Wait, I want to get into, first of all, I want to get into Messy Wake Gaze, and then I also want to get into our topic, but we should do our first segment first. Yeah, we should do our first segment. Okay. Would you like to? I would love to. Our first segment is called Straight Shooters, and in this segment, we will ask you a series of rapid-fire questions to okay. gauge your familiarity with and complicity in straight culture. Love it. It's basically this thing or this other thing, and you just pick one. Okay. With the, no comments. It's going to make right? no the sense, only and rule, you can't ask. The only rule is you can't ask a single follow-up question, or we will scream at you. Yeah, I love it. To Maybe a I degree where our voice will be even hoarser than yours. <laughs> okay, great. Okay, <laughs> Sam, take it away. Okay. Playing the violin or playing the victim? Playing the victim. <laughs> Lazy Sunday or Busy Phillips? Lazy Sunday. <laughs> okay. Having a discerning eye or having a concerning rash? Oh, having a discerning eye. Winning an Emmy or having a semi? (laughs) Having a semi. (laughs) Okay, the British pronunciation of (laughs) non-binary or the American salutation of hi, Hillary. Uh, Oh, (laughs) I like (laughs) non-binary. I love non-binary. I'm obsessed with non-binary. I've never heard that. I haven't either. Okay, Jenny from the block or Jared from Subway? (laughs) Oh, Jenny from the block. (laughs) Okay, a short shelf life or a long twink death? Ooh. Oh, long twink death. <laughs> okay. Bridesmaids by Kristen Wiig or Biden's aides adjusting his wig? Oh. I have no idea what that second thing is. Bridesmaids <laughs> by Kristen Wiig. 
<laughs> you don't know who Biden is. Wait, Biden is <laughs> Biden. Biden. Right. So, so I keep hearing this I Biden. Mean, I, he was VP under Obama. Who was he in Bridesmaid? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he played the Melissa McCarthy character. Oh, actually. okay, yeah. great. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, he was amazing. He was nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> yeah, it was really moving. <laughs> really a great movie for comedy still, during the Funnier Die era. Of course. <laughs> really. Yeah. yeah. I'll never forget his series with Funny or Die. <laughs> I mean, you joke, but we're almost there. Yeah. <laughs> He's about to do something. I mean, you're so right. The way that for the next the next election cycle, who knows what media, what toxic, toxic media will get made. When I think about the 2024 election, like it makes me so upset that I can't even joke about it. The way that he no. will be on podcasts that will be made into reels is going to be oh, crazy. Fully. fully. <laughs> And it's like, are we going to do this all over again? Yeah. In 20, like 2020 again, but we're just all four years older and angrier it's and crazier. For the third time, like Trump? Uh, really? <laughs> and is he, will he be in jail when he's running? I mean, like, at, w at what point are we doing? And then, and Biden again, really? Okay, are we really going to try to push this again? Well, it's like, first is a tragedy, then as far as, then what? Because it's right. a hard time. Right. <laughs> what is the third thing? We need a new cast. We need first. We, need, we desperately yeah. need a new cast. We need a new yeah. season. We need to pull fully. a Titanic. And that's something that <laughs> and fly that's over something from LA. that I would say ninety eight percent of Americans would agree on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's yeah. literally talk about like non binary. <laughs> we all feel that way. Like I really do think that, and we're just all like kind of going ah. Yeah. Well, we've created a world in which it actually is only sort of insane people that want to go into politics. You have yeah. to be. You really yeah. have to be. Or like, not even insane, but just like cynical, slimy. Like, the idea that anyone could have any sort of authentic <clears throat> desire to do good and then think the solution to that is to be a politician is a fantasy. <sighs> it's complicated. Because like, well, somebody has no, to do it. simple. Sam <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and I were talking last night about how when people talk about um, like some sort of news event and they're like, it's not complicated. It's simple. And you're like, thanks. Right. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, I, I, totally. My thing now, like when when I you know say things and people go, oh, tell me how you really feel. I'm like, I hope I always will. Yeah. Like I hate that. Like now that's like subtle shade. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah. Ew. Uh, aren't we on this earth to find our truth and tell us how <laughs> totally. we really feel versus like the South that I grew up in, which is like, don't. Mm -hmm. Don't have your feelings. Don't let anybody really know who you are. It's like, come on. Yeah. But people don't. They just. They just. They just grab onto phrases and they say things like that they don't really know what they mean. Isn't that sad? Sometimes yeah. when I feel people myself, say no worries, which drives me crazy. Uh, when I'm a no worries, worries chica. I'm a no worries yeah. chica. But no worries is when it wouldn't be a worry. But like, I hate when you walk in. I'll go. I'll have one. I'll have. I'll have a coffee. Yeah. Oh no problem. Why would that be a problem? Yeah. Or, why, no worries. And you're like, why would that be? Versus like. Can I sit outside? It's it's a little crowded in here. That's when you say no worry. You know what I mean? Like yes. people just say things as knee jerk reaction things, and it's the improviser writer in me that just gets really like that. I just need to let go of because that's so not sexy. To no, be, like, you word police. But, I'm a, I'm a, but I really will be like, what? Why would that be a problem? Yeah. Or when some random, in terms of word policing, when some random person posts like an engagement photo and she's like with my forever guy and my instinct is to be like that's not original shut up bitch I, fully. <laughs> it's like well she got engaged why like, would she you, be original she's not a writer performer <laughs> well there's also that you know <laughs> like she's just when you're at girl. weddings speeches at weddings and like when the, the people get up and you're like cut edit you didn't need yeah, that joke yeah. and like we didn't need all yeah, that yeah I've heard it a hundred times yeah, sweetheart exactly. get when you're ahead and you're like this is someone's wedding I'm not at a comedy show I'm not I'm not giving notes I'm not directing a solo show right now 
It's yeah. tough because I it's we can all find our, yeah. but we can also we find ourselves we can find ourselves like slipping into those little vocal things yeah. and like it's hard to avoid them when like a vocal thing becomes like trendy it's really hard to avoid because even like I hear myself talking and it's sort of like you know saying like sweetheart after something it's like oh I didn't God. come by that naturally no that is a trend that I am hopping on and I'm like well but right now it's still fun like yeah. I I'm mostly being like well I am I'm going to hop on trends and I just have to trust myself that I'll hop off the trend before right. it's too late. Right. Um, yeah. Also, people have different pet peeves and sometimes you, like, I used to say it is what it is a lot and one time a friend of mine was like, God, I hate when people say it is what it is. Like, <laughs> what does that even mean? And I was like, oh God, like, to me, it's just like sometimes you want to be like, oh, oh well. Right, right, know? right. Exactly. And I know it's a cliche, but for whatever reason, it wasn't one of those cliches that bothered me. And then I was like, so how many times have you been like rolling your eyes? Because I said it is what it is. I think also we use excuses when we don't when we like someone, they don't things don't bother us. Yeah. When we don't like someone, we will. Fi- that's for me. I, social media is the perfect litmus test if I like someone or not. Yeah. If I like the person. I'll see their post with my forever guy and go, oh my God, that is so sweet. And if I don't, I go, oh, you're not original. Oh, okay. Like, it it really is like, you know, I I think, well, there are just certain reasons that you can. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about context. Literally, the context is your existing alliances and rivalries. (laughs) (laughs) No, if I like someone and they're being annoying, the most loving thing I can do is just mute them. That's how I know I I care. Because it's like, I just don't want to see your output. I want to remember you as you. I've had people that. I guess with muting, they don't know that you've muted them. Mm-hmm. But when no. sometimes I've literally just unfriended people online and they get really <laughs> upset. And I'm like, this isn't real. Like, I really like you in person. I just don't like what you put out. on. And I, <laughs> and and if you must know, I, yeah. I can't stand Guess it. Guess what? I like you as a person. I don't want to go into your bathroom and look at your shit that you just Thank took. Thank you. Yeah. I want to go out for coffee. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so if you're interested in that, then we can talk. We can absolutely talk. There's so many people I really like genuinely in person and online. They are absolute monsters and then vice versa they're the people you're like i like your yes. content and i never want to hang out oh with of you. course people that are oh so funny and so charming online and then you meet them and they're like unable oh, to hold eye contact who is this person Fully. yeah or like i my favorite is when they're like super super empathetic on the internet and being like seriously guys like now more than ever we oh. need to think about this and then you meet them in person and they're like the rudest person on oh earth. of course <laughs> well it's also you know people play the opposites like it's just yeah. an acting thing and it's a life thing you know they, they tell yeah. you what they think they want you to think about themselves Anytime a person says, I'm a good person, red flag. Yeah. You know, it's like saying, I'm really humble. I'm really intelligent. I'm really funny. <laughs> it's like funny. a comedian being like, my job is to make people laugh. And oh, I know. Like, You're like, We're okay. doing that currently. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> uh, wait, I'm like, okay, I want to get uh, into our topic. I want to also touch on, so... You're here partly to do a reading of your new play, here in New York, partly to do a reading of your new play. Yes, yes. I've written a new play. I'm in the process of writing and developing a new play okay. called Messy White Gaze. That we did readings uh, this week and the week before, but I'm hopefully going to do more. Okay, great. Through, you know, throughout, you know. Um, but it's a, uh, it's a take on Hitchcock's Rope. It's actually ripping off Hitchcock's Rope. Do you all know that movie, Rope? It no. opens with a murder. It opens, and it's a very queer. Hitchcock made it in 1948 with openly queer actors. Oh, and wow. and it's based on Leopold and Loeb, who were a gay couple in the 20s, who were very wealthy and gorgeous gay men who decided to murder someone to see if they could get away with it. And it was the, it, it, it weirdly pa- um, parallels with fascism and with this like having this ideal perfect body and and being go- and, and being like we're wealthy and attractive and no one will th- 
we had no motive, so let's just mm-hmm. kill someone. So they did not get away with it. So Rope was made, it was a play, and then it was a movie. And I've been really fascinated in white gay culture with our obsession with how we look and with the fact that you go to these parties and there are no people of color at this party. And it is, or maybe one that's mm-hmm. like a token, you know, and or if they, maybe they fetishize that, but they don't have friends that are that way. So I just was sort of writing this play with sort of all of that in mind. Um, and I wanted to write a play in New York because my other plays have been in California. So I wanted to write something that was that. And so uh, it's a, basically it opens with a thruple murdering, two guys murdering their third, <laughs> stuffing the body in a Jonathan Adler credenza <laughs> and having brunch with a dead body in the room. And, uh-huh. uh, and it's just problematic, terrible gay white men. Um, and I feel like my other stuff, there's way more, I know there's way more heart. This is like a pitch black. Oh, I love no that. one is, no one comes out of this play as a good person. And that's the point I'm making kind of where we're at as white people that we all want to be the good white person. And I'm like, what if we're, none of us are, and mm-hmm. we can all just sit in that for a minute and look at ourselves, hopefully for 90 minutes. And as gay people, how we, we attach our otherness across all the, all the, what the, what that means in terms of race and gender, sexuality, all of it, that we kind of miss things just by feeling like, well, I'm gay. So I understand the experience of fill in the blank. Totally. Um, and hopefully it's a comedy. <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, yeah. Sam and I were talking last night about just this is not an original mm-hmm. thought, but the specific experience of as a white gay guy being like sort of being able to move seamlessly between oppressor and oppressed, totally. however you see fit. Yes. Uh, talk about non-binary. You are <laughs> smashing that binary. You are absolutely. <laughs> You're like, well, today I've decided to be oppressed. Exactly. So, so, so that tomorrow I can sign the petition, and then right. tomorrow I'm going to fire tomorrow, my entire staff. It, well, exactly, because <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be a white man at the end of the day, yeah. and I'm going to shoot when it is. And also, like what we post on social media, which is always like so, you know, sanctimonious and on the right side of history, and then going through the world, it's like, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. And and not that you have to be constantly. And then sometimes some of us are doing too much, or we're performing too much. To try to be the good one, and and just how we're, and and so that's why I call this messy, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. And I was called messy online at times, and I was, and and sort of being like, oh, then let's just explore that and see what that's about, because I feel like we don't look at that enough, and I think we're, yeah, I think we have, a, I know we have a lot of work to do, so yeah. It's sort of the American psycho of gay. <laughs> it's very. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I did not realize until I picked up uh, American Psycho a few years ago, and like. Everything I've written is a direct, I mean, my Chloe videos are literally ripping off Freddie Stanellis from that, the way that book was written, how there's totally. there's just these soulless lists totally. of like what that we were eating, so what funny. we were wearing, what we were listening to. It's just like, oh, and that's how you're describing an experience. Like there's no emotion in it. And I found that so fascinating and funny and just being like, oh, wow, that's so, yeah. So I've, I've very much been influenced by and talk about a problematic person who I whose work I love, but who I you know he's having a real resurgence now. People love the new his book. new book is wonderful. Wow, the shards yeah. it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah I re- I just finished it. I loved it. Um, and there is more heart and emotion and way more sex. Like it is his definitely his gayest book for mm-hmm. sure. Wow. So yeah, okay, and very long but very good. Huh. Well, should we get into our topic? Yeah. Okay, great. I think it's time. I think it's time. Now that we've done our 48-minute introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Drew. Yes. um, We were brainstorming a topic before, and you said this one, and we were like, perfect. It's such a perfect straight lab topic. And so tell us what it is, and maybe a little bit why you think it's straight. Okay. Um, I will talk about hunting. 
I um, I had to go hunting many times as a kid. Our family, we would always go on Thanksgiving morning. Um, I grew up in North Carolina. This was this was always in South Carolina because my grandparents in South Carolina, but the Carolinas, we'll mm-hmm. say. Um, and <clears throat> Thanksgiving morning was always, it would be, in my memory, it was like 4 a.m., but it was probably closer to 6, I don't know, dark out, crying, begging not to go, having to, it was always cold and wet, and we and I did it in the back of a truck with the dogs that were these pointers, and we would bird hunt. We would hunt for birds uh-huh. and uh, quail. And we would, and we would, I had these 12 gauge shotguns that kicked and they would hit the back, either hit your shoulder. It was horrible. And it's like, <laughs> go kill birds that these dogs, they find the bird and they point towards the thing and you shoot and kill these quail. And then, at, and then we would freeze them. And then at Christmas, we would eat these birds. And sometimes you're biting in the birds and you're having like, buckshot in the bite oh god and we were not i mean i know that sounds like (laughs) we were like middle class southern people it wasn't like this thing we had to do we didn't have to do this (laughs) this was the 1980s it wasn't like (laughs) yeah back in the frontier days it definitely sounded like it was giving 1800s (laughs) fully and i think about that and how casually we accepted that and and the women all stayed home and made thanksgiving dinner and that's what I wanted to do obviously yeah, with like of course with my mom and the aunts and the grandmothers to be like let's make stuffing and not do that how old were you when you started doing this um good question I want to say like seven or eight. Oh my god wow. maybe a so little bit really older. formative yes that I is so it. scary to me yes I remember being like like of course the aesthetics of hunting I'm obsessed with I mean a little orange vest the camo Sam loves the camo I mean sure, even walking sure, sure, through sure. like the woods and and sort of peering, looking for something. I That's love the fun. woods. Like I love the outdoor. I love going through the woods. I love all that. I don't have any sort of. Well, we love a hike. We love a hike. Love but then, a hike. but then it comes time to pull the trigger, and yeah, it's like, right. whoa! Now we're getting a little serious. I will say, I hate birds. Like I have no love for birds. I fully agree. Actually, I I've agree always well. hated birds, and. <laughs> I've it's never felt truly, safe to like, talk about it. My love of animals is so separate from it. Okay, actually, 100%, it's, it's like, birds and fish. I actually don't need them. I I I, I love <laughs> eating them. Both. Oh my god, I delicious! Eat them both. I love sushi. Um, <laughs> dogs and cats, I I love so much. Like any dog or cat that comes in my, I I don't care about a people immediately yeah. when a dog or a cat's involved. I love them, um, and I can also feel like I've said like I mean. Rabbits, eh, whatever. They're kind of they're cute, but they have no soul. But like, yeah. they don't really care. Yeah. But like, even a pig is great. Like a you know or whatever. You're like, oh, it's yeah. an animal. You know, you get the thing. Birds are like, they're dinosaurs. They're like loud, screechy. They're like fly. They're gr- ugly, gross. The I mean, way- pretty to look at far away. Sure. But I still don't want to kill one. Like, there's something about like. I don't feel the same connection. I mean, I there'd be no way. Like I've never had to I've never killed a chicken. I've never I've never had to kill like a I guess a bird's a warm blooded animal, I guess it is. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, but maybe not. Oh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Wait, you can't ask There's stuff so like much that. Science that I knew in fifth grade that I do not know I, anymore. I hate I when like, someone asks know. the question that's like, oh no, now I have to answer. Like, yeah, the other yeah. day I was literally like, could I do long division? <laughs> Fully no, and I used to be like so good at all that stuff. There's yeah. no way I could do that now. No, but there was just something about what for me that was the worst part was that it was, it was, it was cold. I didn't enjoy um, 
the presence of men. I, I think about that when I was young. Yeah. It again, talk about getting older and now loving the company of men. But like we would go like and a lot of it was also connected with church. Like we there was a thing called Men of the Church Breakfast that we would have to go early. It was always also like you'd lose sleep. Men of the Church Breakfast is actually eating out five. <laughs> men of the church breakfast. <laughs> um, and we would get up early and it was like with all the men and like we would make this thing called red eye gravy that was co- uh, gravy made with coffee and bacon yeah. grease. It was so disgusting. It's disgusting, or at least in my memory of it. And um, country ham, which is so salty. You know, it's just gr- and like just these memories of like men together. And But I, I think it's where it's like I... I, I can find a straight man attractive in theory, like in terms of like in in films that I watch, sure. <laughs> but in life, I'm really attracted to gay men. Like I really am. I'm very, I'm, I feel grateful for that thing where I'm not like, oh my God, this straight guy, I'm really into him. I, yeah. I, there are so few straight guys that I will really pine for. Yeah. And I wonder if I just, I just was sort of like, I, I didn't feel connected to any of them. And I, and, and so like having to do that thing of hunting or like, Men of the church, like, why do the men have to go get together? And I, I just never bonded with men in that way. Mm-hmm. And it's a straight thing that I never connected with. Yeah, there is really Whereas something. I love being at a gay bar and I love yeah. doing this. Like, I love, but it's just, it was something that I, and I always had a gay friend growing up. I, I moved around a lot in the South and I track back, I my best friend, I'm still in touch with almost all of my wow. best friends and we're all out gay men now. I'm fe- I feel very lucky to have always found the one to be like, let's go watch Elvira uh-huh. and talk about why we like that. And that's why I understood about being gay before I knew I was gay in the sense of like, yeah, it was like, oh, this other soft boy mm-hmm. likes that laughs at the same things that I laugh at. Yeah. The real tell that I think is really smart is that like feeling disconnected from like the adult men. I remember that so vividly. And even something as small as like, we're all watching the game and me being Fully. like, like this does not speak to me in at any all. form. I, cannot, I, I don't. I cannot get this in my brain. Yeah, and at that point, it wasn't even like because I love whatever else. It was just like something about this no. does not speak to me fully. It's very confusing feeling. Yeah. So that was more the hunting thing versus the like, the like. Yes, there's the violence attached to that too when you're having a gun and you're but like, we never really had guns in our house. I mean, my grandfather had shotguns that were like locked up. But that was a whole, it was a very different thing. Like it was never a sense of like, we were never like a gun family mm-hmm. or anything like that. Yeah, um, we, I went to, um, my uncle lives in North Carolina and we go there yeah. uh, in a husky. Do you know, it's like very rural. It's like an hour in from the coast. It's like oh, okay, farmland. Okay. Oh, great, okay. Um, and he lives on a farm there and he has guns and like we, but he's very like sweet and calm and nice uh, and not super like macho. Mm-hmm. Um, but he like one time or like there was, we started like trying to shoot the guns and being like, like he was like, this is how you do it. This is, and I was like, wait, this is actually so fun. <laughs> There's something so toxic about shooting a gun where you're like, oh. I get it. Uh-oh. Oh, I fully get it. I had yeah. to do it for a job. I had to. Uh, I had to. We did a scene at a shooting range, and I was so creeped out by it. But then I got there, and you have the gun in your hand, and you're like, "Oh, this feels great." <laughs> it's, well, it's wild. Like the most, it's, it's the wild. most obvious uh, sort of. What's the word I'm looking for? The most Phallic, ob- just or, yeah. like power, just like power, it's the most yeah. obvious embodiment of power. Like yes. you literally have a gun <laughs> yeah. that could kill someone, <laughs> right? 
It's like, okay, so for one day, I'm in the White House. <laughs> yes. I'm the captain. Now. I'm the captain yeah. now. Let's talk about, it's something I wish that when I did it, I would be like, yeah, that doesn't really speak to me. But yeah. instead I was like, Oh, oh no. no! You understand? That, yeah, like, right. Now I understand why people go completely insane. Yeah, but then you're this. like, okay, so what if everyone had the power? Not good. Well, no, I don't right. want it. It's no, just yeah, like, yeah. and then we, yeah, we don't do it anymore because I was like, this is dangerous. It was starting to scare me. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, I, two things in terms of hunting. First of all, we said before we started recording, hunting straight, gathering queer. Yes. Which I think we all stand by. Beautiful, yes. beautiful sentiment. Um, yes. It's really incredible. <laughs> yes. Because uh, you get the woods, you get the wandering, but it's well, it's without the gathering the is curation. Curation. Of course. And that's I have every necessary. playbill from every play I've ever seen <laughs> since 1991. The way you know that I mean? literally this year, I was like, I bit the bullet and ordered a playbill binder on Amazon. No way. And I was like, really? I'm doing this like in my third, like this is something that like a teen <laughs> would do from right. like Ohio or, or an 80 year old or an 80 year old right I love it but yeah, I was yeah, like yeah. well I'm doing it wow yeah. and the rainbow playbook from when I saw Sarah Jessica Parker in Plaza Suite is there oh well there you go <laughs> what a what a great pride play incredible pride Neil play. Simon's Plaza yeah, Suite yeah truly <laughs> so queer um, and then the other thing is okay this is sort of a more unfinished thought but I'm like in our current era where you are so alienated from anyone that produces anything you eat, anything you consume. Is there an argument to be made that hunting is like more, there's something there where you at least have, you can at least track like, oh, I ate this chicken that I killed rather than like mm -hmm. I exist in a completely disembodied like um, virtual capitalist self that has no connection to the people that yeah. did any of the work. Right. Or, yeah. Like, is there, should queer people reclaim hunting and be like in little booty shorts going out and shooting birds? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with that argument, I think 100% yes. Yeah. Like, to me, that is like, duh. Because like, I'm like, of course, when you're describing this, I'm like, ugh, stupid straight guys. Like, mm -hmm. I would never want to mm -hmm. do that. And then it's like, Okay, so then I'm going and buying like chicken tenders at Julius, and who knows who made those? Who killed right. those chickens? Someone killed those chickens. <laughs> well, right, right, there right, yeah. is an element of <laughs> the queer lifestyle yeah. that is that sort of metropolitan cut off. Well, like, that's why I wrote the play that I wrote, because I feel like that's what we do metaphorically. Yeah, it's the you know, violence it's like under you, everything. You, yeah, I, yeah, I'm disposing of you. We've yeah. already had sex, and that's all I needed from you. I don't really, I, you, your dime a dozen, you know. <clears throat> Oh, you you don't know the current lingo. You don't know the oh, you're out. Like how 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 we we quickly dispose mm -hmm. of each other. Yeah, I yeah. There's something this. What's good about this podcast is <laughs> that we, you know, we're not making a judgment call. Straight is not better or worse than gay. No, often it's better. It's yeah. Often yeah. like <laughs> yeah. the hunting thing is actually. I'm like, oh, they're right. That's actually mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, I remember when I was like like in college and starting to cook my own food mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, I'm cooking like chicken. And then I was like so grossed out and I was like, this is disgusting. And, and like I, a friend was like, well, it's pretty hypocritical that you think it's gross when you cook it and then like buy chicken somewhere else. And I was like, you're right. And so I like stopped eating meat for many years. Ah. But then like at some point I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to embrace the hypocrisy. Right, right, right. So, like, <laughs> well, and that's when I became about, fully comfortable in my gay yes. self. Talking about <laughs> white gay, I mean, embracing the hypocrisy is literally what we're all about. Yes, yes. And acknowledging it. And, and acknowledging it and being, it, yeah. like, actually holding a sign of pride that says pro-hypocrisy. Like, <laughs> like, there is a way in which now it's, like, come full circle. People are like, I'm 
unapologetically myself. And it's like, oh. well, you're a CEO of a company that kills people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but sure. That's sure. But please, but go for, pop off. Honey. <laughs> pop off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I hope you're having fun at Dua Lipa. Uh, <laughs> I mean, as we say into iHeartRadio. Um, <laughs> oh, please. They've never done anything unethical. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> I don't look at things. <laughs> Oh, I don't look, I don't look at things. <laughs> Actually, talk about like the tagline of gay men. Like, oh, I don't look at things. <laughs> you have this line in, I'm going to really butcher it, but it's in Bright Colors and Bold Patterns where your character says something like, well, you, it's like, it's both bad and, or like, I both hate it and love it. It's called being gay. What yes. is it? What's the line? Um, Do you remember? Um, I'll try to remember it too. Um, we celebrate things and make fun of them at the same time. That's called gay. Yeah. And yeah, that's what I, I when I when I try to explain camp to people who don't get it, it's like, no, we love showgirls. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. laughing at it and we love it, you know. And I think it's that thing where with with gay, like we celebrate, we love women, and we also love to see like we we identify with these women who have these like tragic story. We we laugh, but we also sympathize, and it's very hard I think for people to understand that thing of like, are you laughing at this or with yeah. it? And I'm like. There's an element of both mm -hmm. that I think is, is is very specifically queer. I sort of think we, in a weird way, we do that with like with straight culture on this. Sure, like because true, we are true. not yeah. like yes, we are making fun of it, but we are also there's always this sort of like we'll be like, well, they got a point, like you know, <laughs> of they're, course, they're the, 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 the show wouldn't work if it was just like let's let's just bag on this thing and like yeah, it's not interesting to me to to just sort of again to just say. Uh, well, the way I think and the way I am is the right way, mm -hmm. and these other people are wrong. It's like way more interesting to look at the complexity and go, oh, wow, that actually is a thing that maybe we could learn from or totally understand. Yeah. I, I know how to fix it. Ooh. The way to fix it is literally like still have that be like, okay, some people are going to stay and cook dinner, and some people are going to go hunt. You just get to pick. Like it's right. as long as you get to pick, oh, it's that's I completely see. ethical. Well, I think that's what it's also like. What we're allowing kids to do now a little bit more. Like, what would you? What do you want to do? You know, I think my my brother and sister in law are are raising their kids in this really interesting way of basically being like they're just listening to them and being like, what do you? And not like letting them take over and like running things, but just really sort of like that sort of sort of thing about like, and maybe you want to hunt this year and and cook food next year and then hunt again the next year. I mean, mm -hmm. like you know, like figure out who you are through the whole thing. You don't have to be one or the other. It's, yeah. you know, because I think that's that's a healthy way of going. going yeah, hunting and too. gathering is actually not a binary. No. Yeah. Yeah. And I regret what I said earlier, and it was hateful. Oh, it was, it was really, really hateful. hateful. Really problematic. Is your email address? Because <laughs> I'll be composing The non-binary community. A very non-binary email, email too. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, uh, yeah, this is, I mean, I'm, this is such a productive episode, intellectually I and love it. spiritually. I love it. In the morning and everything. Mm -hmm. I mean. You were talking about your mornings. I feel like sometimes in the mornings, I'm the most... So I, I, I'm still maybe still dreaming a little bit and yeah. I can have a lot of thoughts. Late afternoon for me is when I have literally no brain Same. activity. Because then at night you're like, well, time to go out on the town. Exactly. I'm Mimi and Rent. <laughs> I'm lighting that Snicker bar on fire to be warm from my heroin shakes or whatever. And getting ready to go sing me about my Angelo after a cafe. long day of podcasting. <laughs> yeah. It's tough when we get into a theater riff because I'm like, I'll just wait it out. Oh, no. All you have to know is that she says, I want to go out 
<laughs> tonight. Okay. So she's going yeah. out. So she's going she's out. Going out. She's, okay. she's she works at the Cat Scratch Club. That's where I work. I dance. Oh my right. god. Enough. Like I didn't even remember that part of yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's all right. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. Sam, how did you feel about all the theater references in Titanic last night? Um, It was one of those things It kind of put me back into a childlike state because, you know, when you hear people reference stuff and everyone laughs and you Mm -hmm. go, and you don't really know, but you like understand that this is where I laugh now. And so I was like, I'm sure that makes sense. And I'm so beautiful. It's so beautiful that to some people that makes sense. Um, I love that. I'm sure that makes sense. And I'm so beautiful. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. And another gay guy. Like mantra. I'm, sure, like, I'm sure that makes sense. And, and I'm, I'm so, so beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> I mean, that's merch. Oh. <laughs> that makes sense. And I'm so beautiful. Fully. Fully. <laughs> Along with I don't see things. I don't see things. Oh my god. I love it. So, so, Stunning. so good. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Well, Drew, any final thoughts on hunting? Um, hey, do it if it's birds. I mean, don't, absolutely, we can't, we're not even getting into, like, game hunt, like, no, like, no, no, like no, no. you know, lions, tigers, and bears. Yeah. How dare you? Oh, no, God. Ever, no, ever. Disgusting. Horrifying. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's, I guess, like, you know, follow your bliss, you know? Yeah. I have a hunting final thought, oh, which okay. is maybe um, a tangent that we don't even need, but I, this is what I'm thinking about. I hunting okay the process of like shooting an animal feels very similar to me as like the process of like waxing your like ears and nose where I'm sort of like but how does it work like the bullet going through a body I'm like (laughs) this is an incredible (laughs) comparison hear me out I'm sure this makes sense and I'm so beautiful (laughs) (laughs) no this makes sense I tap the table do you hear that Um, wow uh but it's like I like physically I don't like I cannot imagine how like like where the death happens at what point does the yes. death happen and like so this is a broader a broader issue you have with do you death. have that thing where not even death but like physics where it's like a bullet going through like but how how does it <laughs> it can just push through oh yeah in the same it's way fast. That, like when yeah. you pull a wax out it's like mm-hmm. so it doesn't get you don't just get stuck there <laughs> oh okay okay okay, I get, okay, okay, okay hear okay, me okay. Yeah, okay. yeah 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 <laughs> All right. I'm like, so that's where, um, like, it's hard for me. I can't imagine it working. Well, I sort of think what is trip, what is maybe the issue is just the violence. Like, it is because of you, there is violence happening, and actually, the you're almost alienated from the violence because all you're doing is pulling a trigger. Right. It's like having the nuclear codes pressing a button and then people die. Like, all you're doing is pulling a trigger. Right. And then this entire this animal is is being tortured, but that's many feet away from you mm-hmm. yeah is it maybe but then that doesn't, no that's not it it doesn't connect to the wax <laughs> the thing is thing. like is just the is the the science the science it. yeah you're literally yeah. just like how does it work i'm literally like but how does it work like i'm like so enough speed happens that you yeah, can you move watch through those something slow motion videos where they yeah. shoot an apple and then it explodes. honey i've right. seen it i still don't get it <laughs> you still don't get it i i my brain cannot make sense totally, of it totally totally <laughs> but if it's like shot like a buck shot <laughs> There's a lot of uh, like a lot of like yeah. little BBs that go out at once in one in like a twelve gauge like it's a it's a but how does one? <laughs> it's just fast. It's fast and it rips apart their vascular system in the same their... way that like if you have if there is some I don't know if you have like something soft and you put your finger through it it goes through it. Okay, everyone's screaming at me. <laughs> it's not the same as that. Something soft is soft. That's why it goes through. <laughs> 
the, the soft things are part liquid, so it goes through. <laughs> but are they? I guess uh, I'm glad I went on this tangent. Actually, I mean, too, to be clear, oh, like, you know, another like, one of these things. Please. <laughs> Is that doesn't make sense to me? So someone like a skateboarder, like on uh-huh. on a half pipe, let's say, dropping in. I've never under like I have done this, yeah. But I'm still like, but how does it work? I don't see you how you don't balancing. Just, no, like fall putting the board down and riding down. Uh-huh. I'm like, how do you not fall forward? Uh, oh, I would I would fall forward. Like yeah. I think that is like. Some but many people core. don't. No, I know, but that's something I'll never understand. You're like, I, I know. I, I, I will be like, I have a hard enough time walking through this world. Like, yeah. I can't imagine how that sort of works. I just mean, there's something about I things. I mean, don't get me started on surfing. I would that, fall forward. See, I surfing actually forward. makes complete sense to you me. You are insane. <laughs> <laughs> You're just riding. I cannot believe you. I'm trying to yes and you after your insane tangent. And you're like, no, that's wrong. Well, no one's hearing me actually. Right, right, right. I think uh-huh. that's the issue. I'm feeling okay. very unheard. Maybe I need to. Ye- we decided there's a new type of yes ending called yes girling, where you just when someone oh. does something that you like, you're just you're just like good job. <laughs> you don't add don't anything add else. Any- <laughs> so maybe I just need to yes girl you rather than yes and yeah. you. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I'll I'll find a way to make sense of this. I'll write a big essay. You guys. Well, wait. I God. sort of think people listening. There are people listening that are so on your wavelength. Yeah. And yes. right now you can't see them because they haven't listened to it yet. And th- and we're going to get comments that are like, I know exactly what Sam's talking about. Drew and George are so, th- why can't they get it through their thick They're going to say it's not complicated. It's simple. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Right? laughs> yeah. Uh, well. Should we do our final segment? I think we should. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. So, Drew, our final mm-hmm. segment is called Shoutouts. Um, in this segment, we pay homage to the classic straight tradition of the radio shoutout. So think mm. like TRL, think Z100, Morning Zoo. You are shouting out something that you like to your squad back home. Um, and in the in the spirit of a shoutout, we make them up on the spot so we never prepare them at yeah. a time. I think I thought of one. I have one, too. Okay, go. 
What is up, freaks, losers, and most importantly, perverts around the globe? I want to give a huge shout out to Stop Making Sense. Mm. I watched this movie. Of course, everyone's like, it's the best. It's so good. And I was like, yeah, but it's still just a concert that was filmed. How can it be good? I watched this movie in a theater, and I was in heaven. I was sleepy on this day. I was sort of in a bad mood, which is not that rare, but this mood was there. And I was like, okay, whatever. Let's go see it. And then afterwards, I was shaking. I was like, I have never felt so moved. I was like, this is my favorite movie. <laughs> I could not believe it. it. It's one of those things, it reminded me of like, kind of seeing like Madonna's Truth or Dare, where I was like, oh, the puzzle piece that was missing is now there. And now I understand like a huge swath of culture in a way that um, makes me feel free. Um, David Byrne is a genius. The whole thing was so fun, so simple, so uh, amazing. And the thing when it's described you're like yeah I get it I get it I get it and then you see it and you're like I had no idea it could be this good stop making sense wow uh, you changed my life XOXO Sam wow um we had an aborted idea that we would watch Stop Making Sense and the Eras Tour and do a special episode about them. Oh, yeah. But then neither of us wanted to watch the Eras Tour. No so offense. long. And no, we're not I have huge zero fans. interest. Yeah. I'm not a fan. Yeah. What's the opposite of a Swifty? We have decided yeah, a we're pioneering question. a movement called being neutral about Taylor Swift. We're not. Give it no energy. I'm not. Because yeah. we're not hater. I'm not a hater. I just, I, I, I'm neutral. I can't say, I, I don't know what allows to be a hater. I just, it's so. I know. It, yeah. It's whiny and yeah. I can't say it. Yeah. Okay, uh, what's up everybody back home? I want to give a shout out to, this is sort of a complicated one. I want to give a shout out to listening to a song as if for the first time and making the conscious decision that you're going to listen to it as if for the first time. This is a song you have heard many times before, you know the lyrics, but you have stopped paying attention to them because they're so ingrained in you. I recently did this with Not About Love by Fiona Apple and I googled the lyrics and read them while I was listening to the song. This is a song I've listened to many times. The way I was moved as though I was 13 again being introduced to music, the concept of music for the first time is actually shocking to the point where then I had dinner with a friend and made her do it with me and Google the lyrics again and made her read them and be moved and she was also moved. So maybe that's a good entry point for people if they want to Google Not About Love by Fiona Apple, but it can really work with any song, even Antihero by Taylor Swift. So just go out there, make the conscious decision. Your brain is so powerful. You are in charge of your own destiny. Make the conscious decision that you're going to listen to a song as if for the first time. I repeat, as if for the first time. Okay, you guys. Goodbye. Woo! I mean, I'm ringing the Joan Gendian alarm on you. Talk about telling yourself a story in order oh, to live. Fully. <laughs> Have you ever done that? No. Yeah, it's a new thing I invented. What? what the Joan Gendian? No, just like <laughs> listening or something as if for the first time. I love that. I love that idea. I was thinking like, what if I heard Groove is in the heart? Yeah. For the very first time. Yeah. Like trying to really uh, like scrub all memories. Exactly. And all just, cultural. Like, to it. It's cl- like, what if you literally did that? Here's what's harder. Doing that with literally like a song, like Journey, a song that it is so cliche, so everywhere. And you're like, what if I heard this for the first time? I would actually probably love it. Yeah. I mean, that's an amazing yeah. um, goal. <laughs> I do feel... <laughs> yeah, I, the closest I have to that is that when I listen to something that like came out the year before at the same time it came out, I can almost feel yeah. like I did in that moment it totally. came out. Mm-hmm. And that's always an exciting feeling where I'm like, wow, I'm taken back exactly mm-hmm. to that moment. It's also such a classic like stoned thing. Like I feel like that is what it's like to be stoned where totally. you're like so. Now I understand exactly. what this is and I'm exactly. hearing every every moment. I know what they meant by this and yeah. I get this and I'm. So I guess my recommendation is like, act like you're stoned, even when you're not. 
Yeah. <laughs> Put that on or a tea. Or get stone. Or get stone, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Be easier. Well, Drew, <clears throat> whenever you're right. ready. Uh, uh, oh, what's up, all you fuckos and weirdos <laughs> and sluts and assholes out there? I don't know if we can cuss on here. I'm not sure. Um, I just want to give a shout out to all the kids being poly and pan and everything Woo. right now. I love it. I think it's awesome. Um, I know I, I'd love to, sh- I, you know, we're, I was trying to think of something. I'm like, oh, we're still striking. Hopefully by the time you hear this, we're not going to be, we can talk about movies and TV and what's happening in the world. But I, what I love what's happening is like going out and like talking to, I, I go to a, a, a local bar, a local watering hole and a straight bartender is like telling me about having sex with a man that he kind of didn't really like. It wasn't really his thing. And I was like, in my 20s, that would never be a conversation I would ever have. And I love that you're exploring, you're figuring out who you are. We should all be so open and 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 weird and 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 messy and in the in the you know in the non-binary of it all. So uh, hell yeah, keep exploring and keep uh, loving and and finding out what you like and kind of don't like. That's also cool. Woo! Wow! Wow! Beautiful. I mean. What an incredible up. Thanks so much for doing it. Thank you so much for having me, y'all. This was so much fun. And Drew, what are things you can promote that you're allowed to? Messy White Gaze, which is... Yeah, which, well, that, uh, I hope will be a production. I'm, like, still working on that. Still working on it. So, yes, I can talk about Titanic, which is, you know, anything that's, like, you know, a theater we can talk about. That's at the Daryl Roth Theater that's running through the middle of June. Um, I'm not sure how long I'll be in it, but at least through the end of the year. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well. Thanks so much, just Celine Dion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you, Drew. This Thanks has been a delight. Oh my god, this was so much fun. Thank uh, you. Uh-huh. All right, bye. bye. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.